Hello everyone, you're listening to Generation Orange, a Westmec podcast. I'm Viola Supriya, and today we have with us Patrick Clausen, the Professional Development Specialist here at Westmec. Let's get started. So today, Patrick will be talking to us about leadership, why it is important not only in our adult lives, but also in school. He will talk to us about CTSOs, what they are and their purpose. And finally, some classroom engagement strategies that you can implement in the classroom or even in public speaking. Is there a potential for that? Oh yeah, there's a potential for all kinds of things. Um, before we start off, I would like to give a brief background of Patrick. Patrick graduated from ASU in 2007, go Sun Devils, and got his master's in educational technology at NAU in 2016. So apart from the PD classes that he takes for CT instructors, not only at Westmec, but also in Arizona in general for continuing education credits, Patrick is an associate instructor at ASU's Mary Lou Fulton Teachers College. He is an independent facilitator of Love and Logic curricula, a set of tools and techniques to help adults and teachers achieve respectful and healthy relationships with students and children. Past experience, he's been a science teacher for middle school students at Pendergast Elementary School District. He also was the coding instructor at Westmec. I wanted to mention that you also are a non-commissioned officer in the Arizona Air National Guard for the past 18 years. That's correct. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. So with all these various interests and experiences under his belt, we're just going to dive into the questions for the day. All right, set him up. Let's do this. Okay. So I do not know much about leadership. So as everyone else, I went to Google. And as soon as I typed the word leadership, there were things like leadership skills, definitions, summits, workshops, and the list was endless. So there is a need for leadership and people are like searching and seeking for a better understanding of leadership or how they can become better leaders. In your years of experience, what characteristics have you found in students that make them good leaders? I, I think it's it's a little bit different than what you would think it is. You know, you, you would think that with students, the qualities that are evident in students who, you know, will become good leaders or who are good leaders are things like perfect grades or um, high academic aptitude or even compliance for the rules in the classroom culture. Although those things do play a part, they're not essential. What is essential is really students that show empathy towards others, compassion. You know, those students that can listen and help resolve issues between other students are generally the best leaders, at least the ones that I've seen. And I would say also, you know, the students that are present, not just there. I've seen a lot of students who are uh, able to come to class every single day. They're there every single day. Um, they sit there, they're nice. But if you were to walk up to any one of them, and ask them, what is it that you're learning today? Or what is it? What is one thing that you took from today's lesson that, that you can communicate very clearly to me in one sentence? They may look at you with a blank stare. And I think that those students who, who actually are present 
understand the bigger picture. Um, they understand that they're not just checking a box, that you can't just show up. You have to be present, you have to be engaged, you have to understand the bigger picture. So I, I think those students that really do think about the future and are able to project themselves there, they're able to time travel in their mind and actually see themselves sitting in a position of leadership. You know, the, those are the ones that I think really have those innate characteristics that are evident of good leaders, or at least of good future leaders. That's um, really interesting, the characteristics that you mentioned. Because in my mind, stereotypes always are the first things that come. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I think of things like, you know, oh, they need to be good uh, public speakers. They usually are those who are overt and those who are a little more flamboyant. Yeah. But the qualities that you have mentioned, you've mentioned empathy, you've mentioned future-focused individuals. I would say um, to, you know, students who embrace chaos and messiness, not necessarily like chaos and messiness, like their backpacker their car is chaotic and messy. What I mean is that leadership is dealing with people and young people who understand that I'm dealing with other young people, people who are transitioning in life, who are going through an incredibly complex, you know, looped together set of years that their bodies and their minds are changing so much and their brains are being bathed in this rich cocktail of chemicals and hormones, especially as adolescents, mm -hmm. that they're dealing with people and people are messy. Mm -hmm. They just are. Leadership is messy. It's chaotic. Okay. But those that can kind of maintain that even strain and stay focused through all of that, mm -hmm. they really embrace that chaos and they can become really great leaders as a result of it. So I'm understanding that leadership can be organic. You can be just like how Spider-Man says it, the movies say it best, you know? What does Spider-Man say? With great power comes great responsibility. responsibility. Well done, Beulah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I tried. You know, there are chances for people to grow into leadership positions. Here at WestMEC, we have CTSO officer trainings, and we encourage leadership. We train students to become leaders. Why have we recognized leadership and focused on it so much at such a young age? Okay, so this is a long one, so um, go, go with me for the ride on this one, okay? Right. So I think it's important because... Leadership really is foundational to who we are as human beings. We are a social animal and we have innate structures kind of built into our DNA that really force us to gravitate towards one another. And in doing so, we form a network that really shields us from danger and gives us the contact, compassion, and the camaraderie that we need to thrive, not just survive. But if we look back to antiquity and we examine the first city-states, and this is your history lesson for the day, folks, we have documented evidence that the first quote-unquote leader started to emerge. And at first, these people were great warriors. And then, you know, we moved on to the very wise. And then it was uh, those that provided strength and calm in times of famine or flood. And so others really inherently followed them because they were able to unite under a common goal and they felt safer than if they were alone. And so moving on, soon after, humans learned the power of communication, and they didn't just learn that from the spoken perspective, they learned it from the written perspective as well. And, and I think that a different type of a leader emerged, and that's the charismatic orator. So mm -hmm. we're no longer focusing on, you know, the, the person that does deeds. It's mm -hmm. the person who speaks. So maybe that's where that stereotype comes from. That I think you, so, yeah. yeah. I think immediately of Winston Churchill. Right, right, like exactly. So, so but I'm not saying it's a bad thing at mm -hmm. all. I'm not saying that, you know, that there, there's all the, there is a little bit of negativity, you know, coming from that. But I think that we have people 
who have emerged throughout history, like Winston Churchill, who with their spoken word, they right. were a great warrior. They were a warrior of the spoken word, and they led nations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they lifted people's hopes in, in their, most their chaos, darkest hours. Yeah. yeah, as you said, you know, in the time of chaos, that's where leaders, you know, shine the brightest. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that those are good examples of how, you know, you can have that charismatic order that actually is able to motivate groups of people without necessarily being that great warrior. And so I think then that the playing field kind of leveled mm. for who could be a leader. But it was also still limited to a few different groups of people. And now leadership really has evolved significantly over the last hundred years as the science of management, psychology, and education best practices. And of course, organizational and workplace dynamics has gotten deeper and broader. Okay. So for a long and dark period of human history, leaders were anointed or they were appointed by those who were anointed mm -hmm. or were born into a long line of anointed leaders. And people were forced to follow these monarchs or heads of state or religious institutions because they were subjugated. Right. And some of that can change from monarchy to monarchy or country to country or geographical case. But really, the real change happened as a result of democracy. Mm -hmm. And when democracy became the prevalent form of government in modern societies, really it changed the dynamics so much because it really changed who was in charge. Now it didn't change overnight. Mostly groups and individuals of means still were considered the air quotes leader because they were able to educate themselves. So again, mm. hold on for the ride here. I got you on this one. Where this began to shift was the American public education system. With all of its ups and downs, with all of its glory and all of its woes, the thing that did emerge from this was that the average person had the opportunity to excel based on their attitude, aptitude, and motivation rather than by their family's name and the size of their inheritance. So it really became more localized to the individual as access to information regarding the science of leadership increased, but also because of the frequency of leadership opportunities. So for example, instead of there being a singular supervisory position at the local automotive plant, now all of a sudden people are, are starting to see that there's a lot of gravitas to investing in human capital and giving people the opportunity to lead and giving people the validation of their skill sets and of their passion and their drive and their hard work. And so by giving people the opportunity to lead, you see that these companies have fundamentally changed their shadows of what they once were. And so I think that the most important thing that we do here at Westmec is that going back to this whole idea of education and how education really did give people the opportunity to not only change your perspective on leadership and see how they could benefit from leadership, but also to become a leader is that we embed leadership opportunities into our career and technical education delivery model. The skills that they learn here at Westmec of communication, professionalism, accountability, public speaking, those things that we teach them, those are going to transcend the job title and the right. mechanics of the job. Mm -hmm. You mentioned three things, attitude, aptitude, and motivation. Yes. So let me see if I get this right. Attitude, would this be something relating to the willingness to learn, humility, and empathy, as you previously mentioned? Yes, absolutely. And aptitude, would this mean that I need to be a straight A student, Patrick, no. to be a leader? No, not at all. Aptitude really, I think, boils down to, it doesn't have to just be your academic prowess. It can be your ability to navigate complex social structures. So like I mentioned before, 
students that are very empathetic. They're able to solve problems between one student and another. You know, the old way of saying this would be, well, I know people that are book smart and I know people that are street smart. If you could kind of like apply that saying to this situation, like we have students here that may not, and this is what I love about West Mech. We have students here at West Mech that may struggle in their comprehensive high school mm-hmm. because learning to graph the slope of a line, while important, it really has no relevance for them or practical application in their day-to-day life. Yet they come to Westmec and they are the treasurer of their CTSO, which is a career and technical student organization. And all of a sudden they're responsible for balancing a budget and they're responsible for the input and output of money, public money. And so they have a great responsibility to not only their CTSO, but to the school and to the district. So we're empowering that student We're training them to, you know, doing a budget is just crunching numbers. It's just actuarial work. It's not hard. But that student now says, okay, this is relevant. I will have to balance a budget later on in life. This is a leadership skill I need to know. Knowing how to graph the slope of a line may apply to what? 2% of the population of workers out there? So therefore, here at Westmec, we are doing what isn't necessarily being done in comprehensive high schools. We've touched on this already, you know, some of the misconceptions we have of leaders that, you know, they need to be great at public speaking, they need to be extroverts, they need to be this and that. What are some of the most common misconceptions that we have, Patrick? Because, you know, once we acknowledge and face these, we'll be like, oh, so I don't need to be the social butterfly to be the best leader or to be a leader, right? Absolutely. Like, I think that's one of the things that I, I loved about being a CTSO advisor and, you know, being a teacher here at Westmec, you are charged with the responsibility of being a CTSO advisor um, because all students here at Westmec are in career and technical student organization. They're either in Skills USA, HOSA, or they're in FBLA. I think that, you know, one of the misconceptions is that you have to have that student that, that's outgoing and that student that's exceptionally gifted academically, or you have to have that student that is friends with everybody, that's not necessarily the case. In fact, I looked for students who were very good at listening Mm. and very good at making people feel wanted and valued, not just listening to what people are saying, but seeking to understand them. As a non-commissioned officer in the military, one of the things that I was taught very early on in my military career was take care of your people. Always take care of your people. Because if, if you take care of your people, then they'll trust you. Now, today's a really sad day because Colin Powell just passed away. Colin Powell was former Secretary of State, four-star general in the United States Army. I don't know that there's a lot of people that know more about leadership than that person, you know, and uh, may he rest in peace. Um, but one of the things that he said when he was asked, what's, what's the one thing that you you know, truly believe about leadership is foundational to leadership. And he said one word, and that's trust. Mm. And trust takes us farther than the science of management can ever take us. So for community members and parents, could you um, let them know what CTSOs are, their purpose, and what we aim to fulfill through them? CTSO stands for Career and Technical Student Organization. And at Westmec, as a student, you are automatically involved, no matter what, you don't have a choice. If you are at Westmec, you are a card-carrying member of one of three of those student organizations, Skills USA, HOSA, or FBLA. FBLA focuses on business. 
Okay. So those skills that are like more geared towards business, HOSA is medical, and then Skills USA is everything else. So all of the trades. Right. Now, when you come to Westmac, again, you are paid for member, you're registered, you have a, a member ID number, you are literally a card carrying member of that student organization. Part of our delivery model is leadership experiences. Mm. So we don't have to carve out specific time outside of academic content to teach leadership. We can teach leadership whenever we want. Ideally, the artful teacher will weave in those leadership experiences with lab instruction, with classroom instruction, with work-based learning, which are the three other fundamental pieces of our delivery model. But the CTSO really takes it a step further where a student is part of an organization with a charter and a constitution and a budget Mm -hmm. and with seated officer positions. And those are different for every chapter here at Westmac. And there are, you know, 20, 30 different chapters of CTSO here at Westmac. Again, those will all look a little bit different. But what you have are named leadership positions within an organization. And the responsibility of those leaders is to acquire additional training to learn more about the fundamentals of leadership. And that's where I come in. That's and, what I teach. And then, you know, better fulfill their roles and responsibilities within their CTSO. And I think another piece of that is developing the chapter and that has components of professional development volunteering fundraising marketing yeah there are competitions and and that's that's the next piece that i'm getting to which is the opportunity to participate in these conferences and and so um every year uh students can participate in what's called the fall leadership extravaganza which is a big conference typically held downtown phoenix and they go there for a whole day and they see a keynote speaker and they hear from the state officers of each organization and then they go to different breakout workshops where they participate in much way that an adult would going to some sort of a conference for their respective career field so they go and they learn you know about you know how to dress for success or how to do public speaking or the other thing that they can do is within their organization they can participate in regional competition state competition and if they if they do well at state competition they can travel to the national competition each one of those are held in different cities across the united states of america and each one of them host about five to ten thousand students depending on which ctso you take care of the CTSO officer training. A mm-hmm. uh, few questions. What are some of the aspects of the training, if you could just touch upon them for me? And also, how can they later apply these things in real-life scenarios? Well, the students who do the CTSO officer training are generally new to uh, being a CTSO officer. They come in and they learn right away. They're here for something different. Okay. So uh, I bring students in and we do several activities right away that involve them moving around, getting to know each other, networking, talking to other people from other schools, because great leaders are great networkers, and, and okay. we, wanna, we wanna try to give that to them right away. So I think that that's really the first skill is that you cannot be afraid to go up to someone and say, hi, really is just something that we kind of get right right off the bat. We want them to understand that being a great leader means that you gotta be a good networker. And then some of the other things that we teach are project management, you know, teaching students to create a program of work. So thinking about their year, how many months they have, the big events that they have, state, regional, national competitions, volunteering opportunities that they have to complete, and then thinking about how to navigate all of those tough things. And then furthermore, what we do is we kind of break it down to what is going to be your mission and vision as a group. Okay. So I ask these, these groups of students to really think about what they value as individuals. Mm-hmm. And then how does that translate to what they value as a group? 
And when things get very difficult, how are they going to respond and continue to lead when everyone's freaking out? Right. Okay. And these are really important skills that they can definitely apply in real life oh, yeah. later on. Yeah. Just absolutely. the way you've been explaining them, I'm like, oh, maybe I should join one of those CTSO <laughs> officer trainings. Well, you could. Training. Well, you could go to any one of our CTSOs chapter meetings. You know that, right? Oh, I did not. Let's go together. We can go to a meeting of FBLA. We'll show. We'll, we'll show up and we'll just say, hey, we're just here to observe. Right. It will be a lot of fun. In fact, any Westmec employee can go to any one of the uh, the CTSOs. Um, in fact, here's another little known fact. If you'd like to participate as a Westmec employee in any one of the regional or state competitions as either a judge or as an assistant, so someone who like you know prepares the materials and helps the students get to where they're supposed to be or a workshop presenter mm-hmm. because we have a lot of people that like to do Westmec use in this district and we have people that like to do presentations. They're always, always looking, and I'm talking about the state-level organization, CTSOs are always looking for professionals to do some sort of leadership experience for students. Oh, wow. In these CTSO officer trainings, you, you spend a long time with the students. So how do you keep them interested and engaged? Well, I think the challenge is that as, as an educator, I believe that the person doing the talking is the one doing the learning. So it's very counterintuitive for me. I have to go in and I have to talk at students for three and a half hours. Oh, wow. And leadership can be nebulous. There's a lot of ambiguity when it comes to what it means to be a leader. They've heard it their whole life. You need to be a leader. Well, okay, what does that look like? What does that sound like? Mm -hmm. So in three and a half hours, how can I possibly build the kind of trust and respect that's needed to really be a shepherd of that student and understanding their needs understanding uh, you know where they come from you know their cultural background mm-hmm. their familial background that's all very complicated and I think I you know trying to do that very quickly is tough but I fall back on the best practices that that we know as educators mm-hmm. that I should only be talking for a short amount of time asking good questions that are not yes or no questions calling on non-volunteers oh that famous <laughs> yeah, tactic that's huh, always Patrick? that's the best that's the best one i you know i i rarely call on students and say who here knows the answer to i just don't do that i think the other thing too is like having fun with them and make giving them lots of opportunity to talk to one another mm-hmm. but guiding them through that instead of okay have a conversation real quick mm-hmm. well what have a conversation about what okay well uh have a conversation real quick about how important trust is to you in your friendships okay see now that's relatable you know i have a student here that was failing uh, okay. his his regular high school classes mm-hmm. um he was failing ceramics oh yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm, I know I, I'm an artistic person, so like, I am creative, and and so like to me, I'm like ceramic. How do you feel ceramics? But but I can see how some people might. That's just not their thing, you know. But he was failing all of his classes, and I mean, this kid was from Paradise Valley, so he had to drive 35 minutes just to get here to Westmec, and he got to my coding program, and he was a senior, so he wasn't going to be able to go on to the second year, and it was just a, a really tough situation. He was talking about moving out. He was working at Chick-fil-A and came to me and he was like, I think I'm going to drop out. I think I'm going to drop out. And I was like, you know, hey, hey, let's just stick with it for a little while longer. Let's stick with it for one more week and we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. And so this student, you know, he just demonstrated great leadership quality and he demonstrated that stick to that grit, that I'm willing to have a good attitude. And mm-hmm. it's, this hurts right now and it's awful, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And um, that student left the program 
after one year and yeah. interviewed for a job in Berlin, Germany as a coder and was offered a position for their equivalent of Postmates. And a couple weeks ago, he sent me a picture, well, a video really on Instagram of uh, him doing some work. So that it was the, the shot just of his computer and he was just writing some code. And uh, he was like, hey, Klaassen, just wanted to show you that I'm working hard. And then he pans up and he's sitting in this villa in Santorini, Greece. Oh my gosh. And, and the shot pans up to him sitting on this, this beautiful deck overlooking the Mediterranean and just loving life. And I'm like, man, like that's incredible. Like that's a success story because he just stuck with it. He just kept after it. Throughout our conversations, I've just like noticed three themes that have been like repeating over and over again. Empathy, trust, and tenacity. And just those seem like super important to leadership. And I'm coming out of this conversation with more of an appreciation for leadership, understanding that, wow, it does take a toll because you're not just out there telling people, these are the steps you need to follow, guys, to get things done. You're involving yourself in other people's lives. And, you know, success does not come automatically. It takes time. It maybe comes through seasons of difficulty and challenges. But leadership does involve all these difficult and not so popular things, but still like does pay dividends in the long run. Indeed so it does. I think I'm going away with these three things. I, I love that. I think that, uh, wow, somebody took something out of a conversation with me. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Again, Patrick, thank you so much for taking your time to like sit and talk to us and discuss about leadership, how it has evolved over time, why it is necessary for us, not only as adults, but also as high schoolers to start off young. The fact that we're giving people opportunities and not just opportunities, but also tools for success and leadership mm. is pretty awesome, don't you think? I, I do. I, I think that what we do here at Westmec uh, has immeasurable value and uh, the effects of what we do here echo for decades in a student's life after they leave. I'm proud to be Westmec. I'm proud to be one Westmec and uh, I, I love working in this district. I believe in the mission. I believe in the vision. I'm happy that I have the opportunity just to engage with these young people who are ready to do something great. Thank you so much, Patrick. Again, I hope you'll have a lovely rest of your day or evening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all your favorite social media platforms. Thanks, guys. Bye.